The chameleon is a master of disguise. No matter what environment it is placed in, it will change its color to fit in. One of the fundamental aspects of being a Christian, however, is that we should be easily identifiable. But for many, rather than stand out, we would prefer just to blend in with our surroundings. The problem is that we end up looking, sounding, and acting just like the world around us. In doing so, we lose all the marks of being a follower of Jesus. We have to fight the urge to fit in and embrace our new life in Christ. Join us today as we continue our series called Chameleon right now. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Venture Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And as I always say, we're so thankful that you are joining us. We, we're thankful that you chose to download this podcast and uh, listen to what we have to share here at Venture Church. And uh, we just believe that God has placed you uh, where you're at in this moment in time for a reason and a purpose. And uh, we're just uh, excited that God is going to give you some direction and um, some information, you know, whatever that might be. And that's uh, what we're always praying for. So, hey, um, as followers of Christ, uh, we have been chosen by the God of the universe as his prized possession. We are chosen and set apart through Christ, our Savior. This has all happened for a specific purpose, which is to allow us to proclaim the goodness of God to those who still find themselves in the darkness. And that's what we're going to be talking about specifically today, and I'm looking forward to our episode. So if you are here, sit back and relax and just uh, enjoy uh, our talk today. Now, before we just jump in, I, I want to share a short story with you. Uh, when I was younger, uh, around the age of eight, I, I just wrapped up this lustrous career of t-ball. You know what I'm talking about, <laughs> right? And, and now I was playing baseball, actual baseball for the first time. Like we got to pitch to each other and not have to hit off the tee and all that kind of stuff. And it was the first time that you could actually make all-stars. And I was only, like I said, eight years old and rarely did an eight-year-old make all-stars, but I wanted to make it so bad because I'd heard other kids talk about it and all this kind of stuff. So at the end of the season, the, the league's winning team's coach uh, was the all-star coach for that year. Uh, they got to pick the team from players from every other team, all the best players, right? And, and they would then call the players that they picked to let them know they made the team. They told everyone the date that they would be calling all the players that made it. And so on that date, that's all I could think about. In fact, my mom and dad had to force me to go outside and play that day because I just, you know, was so excited about and I wanted to get this information, right? And so now I also need to feel like uh, I need to pause there because there there might be some young folks listening on uh, this podcast, this episode today that that I need to explain this concept of going outside to play, right? You see, back in the day, 
when, when you didn't have homework or, or chores to do, we went outside and we used this thing called our imaginations, right? Like we created things to do, to play, right? And we played until it was dark or, or the streetlight came on. We just stayed outside, right? So <laughs> anyway, back to the story. I was sent outside because I just wanted to wait by the phone, right? Because I just didn't want to miss this call. I was so excited. And then finally the call came and I made the team. I was ecstatic, right? And the reason the coach said I was picked, even though I was only eight years old and only, and I was actually the only eight year old that made the team is because I had something valuable to bring to the team. And the reality today is God chooses people to use for his kingdom causes. Oftentimes, the people he chooses are outcasts or forgotten about, not wanted, leftover, um, young, older, you know, whatever, etc. right? Which means no matter where you find yourself or how you view yourself, God wants you, okay? You need to know that, that God wants you. So today, uh, we are in our week two of our series, Chameleon, all about standing out rather than fitting in. Uh, last week's episode, we discussed the difference between conforming to the world around us and being transformed as God defines it. And once we choose to be transformed by God, we then allow God to use us for his purposes, which is what we're going to be talking about today. So if you can, turn with you with me to your, in your Bibles to uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, and we're going to be specifically reading verses 9 through 12. Uh, and this is where we'll be pretty much for the day. So if you like to flip around on the Bible with me, this is pretty much where we're going to be. But it's 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. Here's how it reads. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as strangers and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against the soul. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day he visits. Now, in, in order to understand the significance of, of what Peter just said, we have to understand the context in which he is writing. Okay? When, when Peter writes this letter, he does so to a group of Christians who are scattered throughout the northern part of Asia Minor. And these Christians are, are aliens or foreigners in the land they find themselves in, and many of them are facing suffering because of, because of that, because of they are these, these aliens slash foreigners, right? Therefore, Peter is seeking to encourage them in their faith. Within this passage we just read, I believe there are three things in particular that, that Peter is trying to teach us, okay? One is to remind, two is to challenge, and three is to strengthen. Okay, let me say those three again. He's, he's there to teach us to remind, challenge, and strengthen. And if we can receive each of these things for ourselves today, we will understand the significance of God choosing to use us. We will be spurred on to achieve greater things in our walk with Christ. So the first thing we see Peter teach when he's writing to his audience is simply trying to remind us of our past. Okay, He's reminding us of our past. He says, you are a chosen people. You are a you are royal priest, a, a holy nation, and people for his possession. Now, some translations might say um, God's own possession. Okay, 
So the key phrase to sum up all that Peter's trying to remind uh, these Christians of is that final saying where he says they are God's possession, his possession. And so I kind of want to just pause there for a second. I want us just to, wherever you are, sit in silence for just a second and think about that phrase, God's very own possession. You are God's own possession. It is said in Jeremiah 32, 38 through 40, they will be my people and I will be their God. I will give them integrity of heart and action so that they will fear me always for their good and for the good of their descendants after them. I will make a permanent covenant with them. I will never turn away from doing good to them and I will put fear of me in their hearts so that they will never again turn away from me. This is a promise God makes to his people all the way back in the Old Testament before Jesus even arrives on the scene. A promise that still stands in 1 Peter because of the pathway Jesus made for all people to have access to their heavenly father. You see, when God chose us, it it didn't just mean that, that we are his people, but it also means that he is our God. He is our God. And if you look closely enough, all throughout the Bible, there seems to be a trend, and it happens frequently for for God to take you where he wants you to be, right? He often has to remind you of his faithfulness in the past. And Peter's doing the same thing here. He's like, hey, I I know it's tough. I, I know there is this suffering and persecution that's going all around, and you are probably on the brink of giving up. But I need you to remember, guys, I need you to remember that God chose you, not so that he could leave you, but so that he could use you. So those that are listening today on this podcast, remember today, you are his, you are God's. He chose you. He chose you. And so this leads us to the second thing that I believe Peter sets out to teach us in this, in this passage. And that is this, that we must challenge the scattered Christians. We must challenge the scattered Christians. He just finished reminding his readers, God chose them, right? And he goes on to tell them in verse 12, conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day he visits. Folks, a lot of us tend to receive God's blessing in our lives, convinced that they are only for us, and we think we can keep them to ourselves. But Psalm 67 teaches us this, that it says, may God be gracious to us and bless us and and cause his face to shine upon us that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. We ask for his blessing and grace so we might make his salvation known to all. And our passage from Peter also speaks about the concept of advancing the kingdom of heaven oftentimes by simply living a righteous lifestyle, right? So the choice God made to choose us was ultimately to bring glory to himself. And so believe me when I say the way we live is so important because the truth is people are always watching. The way we live our lives is one of the most, or at least one of the loudest testimonies we will ever share with others. And every time I tell myself, I tell myself this all the time, that people are always watching you. So be careful of how you act and what you say and do all these things So because people are looking, right? And, and I remind myself all the time. But every time I do, and I think, say that, you know, people are always watching me. I think of the movie Monsters, Inc. 
right? If you haven't seen that, it's a Disney movie. Monsters, Inc. has these monsters that it's an animated movie that uh, have these things going on. And then there's, scene, is there's a scene in there where the character Roz tells the main character, Mike Wazowski, uh, she's an older monster, older lady monster. And she's all, she says, I'm always watching, Wazowski. I'm always watching. And she sounds really gruff, right? Just kind of like that. I don't know if I did it justice or anything, but but she says that. And that's immediately what goes through my head. They're watching, Dan. They're watching, right? So just try to get that out of your head today. But anyway, <laughs> I love this too. St. Francis of Assisi is quoted as saying it this way. I love this too. If you want to write this down, that would be really cool uh, or remember that's in there and come back and get it. But listen to what he says. St. Francis of Assisi is quoted saying this, preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. I love that, right? Preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. Our deeds and works are preaching on our behalf, even when we aren't saying anything. Peter is addressing a group of believers who are watched all the time. People are intrigued by their message, and therefore we want to see how they are living right? Peter then throws out a challenge to use for the kingdom's advantage. And I believe that the same challenge applies to us today. You see, I wonder who in our daily lives are watching the way we live, the way we speak, the way we spend our time, and the way we treat other people because they are interested in what we believe that makes us act that way. How many people are watching because of that? This is the amazing privilege we have as God's chosen people to show the world around us what Christ looks like, the light that overcomes the darkness. And then this leads me to the final thing Peter teaches in this passage. We have to encourage the people of God. He says, he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Peter once again takes us down memory lane to the time in our lives when we are stuck living in darkness. And chances are, because we are all human, we have experienced what this feels like firsthand. One of the most striking biblical examples of God's mercy and grace over a person's life is found in the transformation of Saul, the Pharisee, to Paul, the apostle. Saul was present during the stoning of Stephen, and he was hunting Christians from home to home and and, and, and he was and literally killing them. He was pulling them out, dragging them, and killing them, okay? And God literally intervened as Saul was traveling from one persecution to another. And his story picks up in Acts chapter 9. So I encourage you later on to go back and look at Acts chapter 9. But I, I pulled an excerpt from um, that, that chapter. Uh, it's verses 3 through 5. And I just want to read that to you real quick because it pretty much tells kind of what happened. And so it says, As he traveled... And was nearing Damascus, a light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. Now, I want to pause there because I want you to get a good picture of this. Think about this, right? Have you ever been in like um, walking and doing something, whether it's in home or outdoors or whatever, and you kind of see there's a storm coming, and all of a sudden, this lightning bolt just hits from nowhere and it makes this big old loud sound, right? And everything. You know, you don't just automatically just keep on doing your thing, you kind of pause for a second, right? You know what, you, I hope you know what I'm talking about. You can picture what's going on. And I feel like that's what happened here. A light from heaven suddenly flashed around him, right? Like this big old lightning bolt. And it goes on to say, falling to the ground, 
he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul said, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting, he replied. Again, that's from Acts 9, 3 through 5. It's quite a scene, right? And, and, and as even those present with Saul, they, they had to be speechless, right? Just seeing this and seeing what's going on and hearing this voice and, and these things going on, right? Saul was walking in darkness, and the light of Christ met him in the midst of his journey. God not only had mercy on Saul, but loved the Gentile nation so much that he chose Saul to be their appointed apostle and bearer of the gospel. Saul absolutely deserved death, right? But through Christ, he received life, and he traded the rest of his earthly life to serve Christ. This is the kind of thing God can do with any and all of us. This is the kind of kingdom transformation that Peter is encouraging in his letter. He's, he's challenging his original readers to remember who and whose they are. He's challenging them to step into their calling and represent Christ to others around them, both in their words and their works. Now, reminder though, we are not saved by our good works, okay? But we are saved to do good works. We should want to do works, good works because uh, we are saved, right? And the bottom line encouragement for all of us is this. God can use any of us, absolutely any of us. He can redeem any life and bring all the lost sheep home. And if God can turn a Saul into a Paul, then just imagine what he can do in and through your life. Peter makes it clear, God does not simply choose us strictly for our benefit, but ultimately to benefit others around us. So I want us to think about something. Maybe, just maybe, if we evaluate our lives, maybe we've been keeping the seed of salvation all to ourselves. Not intentionally, but because maybe we're scared to, or maybe we're just don't know what to say, you know, those types of things. Uh, maybe some of you are keeping it intentionally because you want it to yourselves. So, so maybe it's time to expand our comfort zones a little bit, right? And share the good news of redemption. You see, the truth is there are people in your daily life, maybe even in your inner circle right now that do not know there is a God who loves them and who would choose to use them for a higher purpose over anything this world could possibly offer them. You know, they are watching you as you walk the path of faith. They are observing your responses, your reactions to suffering and adversity. They're watching your joy, peace, patience, and kindness. So let your life preach such a powerful message that they, those close to you have no other option but to praise God in heaven. So here's my challenge for you this week, okay? Here's my challenge. What I want you to do is take a piece of paper, and, and I want you to write down the names of those who come to mind when you think of those close to you, right? Any person that, that when you think of those close to you, what names pop in? in your head and write those all down, okay? And then of those close to you, I want you to think, who do you uh, think needs to hear the good news of Christ? Now, if you're questioning going, well, I think they, they know Christ, so I, I don't need to, then mark that, highlight that, underline them. Underline all the names that you think need to hear the good news of Christ. 
doesn't matter if you think they might or might not because you don't want to miss that opportunity, right? So highlight them, underline them, whatever you need to do. Mark them up, okay? And then what you do, here's the ultimate challenge. What you need to do this week, this week, don't wait, this week, in word or deed, proclaim the good news to those you've highlighted or underlined or anybody around you, okay? That's my challenge to you. In word or deed, proclaim the good news to those that are in your inner circle, those that are your close circle, those that you work with, that you do your hobbies with, uh, or just random people that you run into this week, okay? And so as you consider this challenge, here's what I want you to do. Remember this. You are chosen and redeemed, okay? You are an ambassador of Christ, a messenger of the greatest news the cosmos has ever known. And the same God who raised Christ from the dead will raise you up in your time of need, okay? So when you have that fear coming about or, or that um, you don't know what to say type of scenario, just remember, God will raise you up in your time of need. Why? Because he will never leave you nor forsake you. All right, good luck with, with your challenge. Uh, I'm praying that God, God will put people in front of you and have opportunities to share the good news. And just know that I'm praying for you this week. This concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And we'll hope you'll join us as we continue in our series next week called Chameleon, where we're standing out rather than fitting in. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast and Venture Ministries, or you'd like to help support us financially, please visit us at VentureChurch.com dot ch